We're live. Hey. How's it hey. going, Peter? Well, we're not live, but uh, <laughs> it's going good. It's uh, it's a new, we're trying a new recording time. We are. So it's, it's still uh, morning instead of, here. Instead of 8 p.m. for me, it's 4 p.m. Yeah, man. So I'm in theory, glad I shouldn't be tired. <laughs> Depends on how you slept last night. Yeah. Well, or didn't. I need some. I need to talk to my 11-month-old boy about that. Man, the past <laughs> month has just been hell, frankly speaking. And 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 before that, it wasn't as be- like this is a relatively new phase, right? I don't remember. Well, you talking it's about this been three different phases on and off, but uh, okay. this one right now is just and he's. Like an eleven-month-old baby can scream a lot louder than a three-month-old baby. Oh like man! It's like it sounds like an adult screaming in the middle yeah. of the night. Yeah. Just don't read any. You know, I, I think you're past this at eleven months, but in the earliest days, especially before they're born, you read these parenting books and whatever, and it's like, just do this, and it will be solved. And then you try everything in the book, and it doesn't work, and you like want your money back. <laughs> yeah i mean we don't have time for that (laughs) yeah exactly it's like just we're just trying to survive there's Uh, not that bad yeah but then my wife is sick and um i had a lot Mm. of stuff to do today because i'm going on a trip trip next week so we're trying to be more uh regular now that we find a better found a better recording time but i'm we're actually not going to have an episode next week i think um coincidentally uh, so i'm recording at my parents house so they can take care of my son while i try to get some work done and my wife is in bed so yeah it's great but uh, stuff cool. is getting done so that's a good part i guess that's that's good do you want to tell us uh yeah how's how's reform going i saw you have over well you have over a certain number of customers which i'll let you share or not share <laughs> yeah yeah well that was actually on my list of things to cool. mention. so thank you <laughs> yeah we crossed 50 customers um, Woohoo! which is like four times as many as we ever had for branch (laughs) after two and a half years. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty good feeling. The average revenue per customer is is also like a third almost of branch, but yeah, as Bjorn said, at some point it's like, he said, he said it, it just feels like it's a lot easier to get one, a customer for this than it was for branch. And actually, I was going to say it also feels time... a lot easier to get two or three customers of this. <laughs> oh, for sure. the The customer acquisition cost is way down compared to what you were yeah. doing before. If you factored in all of your sales effort and emails and meetings and partnership talks and all that, yeah, you're you're in a much better place. Good business yeah, model. And and you know, branch plateaued pretty quickly. If you can even call it a plateau, like it just never really got started. Um, mm. And it's not like we're we're growing super fast or anything like that right now, but it's it's at least steady. Like there's there's a sense of momentum, and um, we're getting new trials, you know, almost every day. Some days, one day we got four, which was insane. It's great. Um, so, and a lot of them convert to customers. So it's we're de- it definitely feels like we're off to a good start, and it feels very different from what we had before. Yeah. And you know, even when we have churn right now, I don't really worry that much about it because it just feels like that's a problem for later. Like right now, I'm just so mm. focused mm-hmm. on trying to keep this momentum of people signing up and starting trials. And so like, even if a few of them doesn't convert or there's some churn, like that's not really, that's something we can look at at another time. Like as long as, long as we can add customers, we have something to work with that we never had for Brange. And uh, mm-hmm. that's just really exciting and encouraging. Yeah. You've got a customer base. I've been thinking about that word lately. Like it's called the customer base for a reason. It's like a foundation. You can build on it and it's growing. And, yeah. you know, it's, you know, that 50 might shrink to 49 today or whatever, but, it, you know, it's going to be more than 50 in yeah. a few days or a week or whatever. That's that's a great feeling, man. Just progress. Yeah. And there's still a lot of my friends signing up, like someone from our batch one in like our batch in tiny seat signed up yesterday and, and started a trial. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, you just know a lot of people, right? So, you know, most people, I guess have, you know, 500 people on Facebook, 500 people on LinkedIn. You know, I have, mm-hmm. 
I don't know, 2,500 followers on Twitter. Like there's just a lot of people that are my, you know, internet friends. (laughs) And so just from that, like that's, that's a lot of people, but it's also strangers. Like I'm, I'm seeing signups from people and I, you know, I look them up and they don't follow me. They, I don't follow them. There's no like overlap really. And yeah, that's great. It's really nice to see because in the beginning you're like, are they just being nice because, you know, they, you know, they, they have low expectations, but you know, they want to help me out. So they sign up and they, they kind of just, you know, live with it, but um, yeah, it doesn't seem to be the case. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Huh. And, um, yeah. So, so, so that's those imposter feelings are subsiding. <laughs> well, it's getting better. It's getting better. Say. Yeah. Yeah. The, Decreasing. the thing that makes me, the, th- the thing that makes me very optimistic right now is that I actually feel like the product is lacking a lot. Like there's a lot of things where I'm like, how do, how do people even live with this? Like so bad. Mm. <laughs> and, um, you know, but it's all things that we can solve given enough time, I guess. Yeah. So some of the stuff we're working on is like, I know that I should switch, switch more into like a marketing mindset and I, and I am, but there's still a lot to do on the product side, like a lot, a lot. And, um, and it just feels good that even with the product we have right now that, you know, we built in five months, like we're getting customers, people are excited about it. They're saying nice things. Um, some people are, are frustrated with it as well, but it's under, understandable. But, um, you know, there's a good foundation there and we have so many things that we want to improve and we know exactly how to improve them. So it's just a matter of doing it. And then, mm-hmm. like not having that feeling of like, I, I don't know what's next. I don't know what to build. Uh, it's yeah, really nice. And people are telling for, us, you know. Right, right. You're not looking. We just have a long list a, of people that have told us they want the same thing, right? And it right. fits our vision. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Instead of looking for some kind of silver bullet or magical answer that's going to solve the plateau or create growth right at the beginning you know um, yeah and then if you can take those requests and like make something that's even better than what they imagined because you have like an overall product vision and you're thinking mm-hmm. like bigger picture than them so like one example is people are asking for when when we have when you have a list of options and reform they want like if someone picks other they want like a text field to appear where they can you know add some extra context uh, mm-hmm. about why they picked other yeah um so a lot of people are asking for that. So we started thinking about like, how do we want to build this feature? But then we realized actually what this is, is like, it's it's logic, but not on a page level, which we already have, but it's on a block level. So, you know, if you do this with this block, you want this block to appear. Mm. And that's really powerful. Like that's, uh, you can build some really powerful stuff if we, when, when we let you do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so people think they just want, you know, other, (laughs) but actually what they want is like a thing that can build those types of flows, but they can also use it for a lot of other things, which we can show them with templates and stuff like that. So yeah, stuff like that is just exciting to work on. And it's just, I've seen this with Derek as well. You know, he always, he, he actually uses reform to build these small early access lists for his features. Hmm. And it's just so nice to build something. And you know, like as soon as you hit that deploy button, you can email a handful of people and be like, hey, here it is. So yeah. you're Start really motivated to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Sweet, man. Yeah. So I have a few other updates. As Kind of as always, I guess there's a big thread going on that's taking up a lot of my time right now that I can't talk about. So mm. people can speculate <laughs> about <laughs> what that is. Whisper, I'm not say more. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> then I wrote down like about momentum and we already talked about it a bit, but like w- some days I feel like trials are definitely drying up a bit compared to, you know, f- few days after we launched on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. But actually every time I look in Stripe and I'm like, oh, we don't have many trials right now. Like someone signs up. So it feels like there's just mm-hmm. enough momentum right now, to, momentum to kind of, feel like we're still moving forward slow and steady we crossed 800 dollars in mrr so 
I I'm excited to hit four digits. Um, because we have the annual plan, we um, the cash flow is actually almost double. That's fourteen hundred right now for the past thirty days. Nice, and it's it's really helpful actually. And mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's more than paying for all the the costs of running this thing besides our salaries, of course. Yeah, and um, people have been actually almost you know telling me that I'm a bit crazy because the annual plan is you get basically fifty percent off. You only pay for six months. And, you know, normally in SaaS, you pay for 10 months and you get 12 when you pay mm-hmm. annually. Mm-hmm. But that's more of a, like, that deal feels more of like something that a CFO came up with to, like, optimize. Like, that's the ideal mm. <laughs> when you look hmm. at whatever, like, price elasticity and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. But what we're trying to do is actually more like, first of all, we don't know what churn is going to be like, look like in a year. And we had a, a an idea that maybe people would need forms you know, on and off. So they would churn, but if they pay annually, there's a good chance, like they have a year to get used to like using reform for everything. Mm, so mm-hmm. that might be beneficial. And then because it's kind of like they added to their tool belt for a year <laughs> instead of yeah. 30 days, which is not a lot. Um, so that's why I made it six months. And then interestingly, um, one of the people that bought the annual plan before, he even signed up, he was skeptical that he was even going to pay for reform. And then he started using it and he started to realize that it actually was valuable and he signed up for the monthly plan. And then when he realized that there was a, an <laughs> annual plan, he he wanted to upgrade to that as soon as possible. Yeah. And um, and I just told him like, yeah, see, you're not going to churn now because <laughs> I have you for a year. And he was like, you're a bit crazy with that annual plan. And I was like, I asked him, did it feel like a no-brainer to you? He's like, yeah, it, it really did. Like I get one invoice and I get 50% off instead of 12 invoices and paying double. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's really it's really powerful when you can take someone from I don't even know if I'm gonna pay to this for this to this is an absolute no-brainer. I'm gonna click this button right now and give them six months of my money. Yeah. Awesome. So you know, maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna change that later or sure. gonna, you know, increase the the lower or the, you know the the monthly price, so I can still mm-hmm. have like a fifty percent <laughs> discount yeah. on the annual price. But that's just something we never had with with Brains, right? So, yeah. yeah, you you weren't even able to worry about, if you will, those differences. It wasn't about that. No, that wasn't the, it, it, no. it didn't matter at all. It was, yeah, it's like just just pay, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, on cool. the on the manager side, I guess I'm shifting into marketing mode a bit. And um, I kind of, I have a marketing plan that I've slowly started to, to implement. And it kind of has, it has three focus areas. And for each focus area, I've used um, OKRs to kind of figure out what to do. And it's sort of like a marketing plan for the rest of the year kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So um, the first focus area is like, it's kind of like launching. So it's all the little one-off things that I can think of now, like product hunt, launching on Twitter. You know, just I kind of have like a, a list of hacks and gimmicks we could we could just do, but it's most mm. it's stuff that you can probably only do one time, but it's worth doing right now because anything that can give us a handful of customers right now is is worth spending some time on. Right. Um, but that's that's not gonna be that's not gonna continue being the case right like in in eventually like doing something on twitter that gives us five customers is not really going to be worth the time probably but sure. right now it's like very much worth the time because that's like a 10 percent <laughs> increase yeah. um and then there is a more long-term trying to start start to look for traction channels um which is the traction book basically mm-hmm. so the plan there is to start experimenting and and pick three to five uh, of those and start running little experiments um one of them actually kind of picked itself i guess um so i can't share a ton yet but we had someone reach out about a potential like affiliate uh, partnership and um mm-hmm. it's it's someone i i didn't expect to just show up you know inbound um Actually, it took me a while to even realize he was a customer uh, because he was sort of like operating under a new brand that I didn't recognize. 
But it turned out he was a fan as well as a customer. And uh, he's also known as someone who's a, who's a pretty solid affiliate. So um, if All that works out, I'm, yes. I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to be a good case study for attracting other affiliates. So that's great. If, if we can get him to try out um, the affiliate program that I actually just set up. Um, yeah, I was going to say that, can, that definitely counts as a one of the channels in yeah, the traction can we, book. Can we define affiliate for a second, just to know what you have in mind? Um, I mean, yeah. So uh, yeah. basically, the deal is uh, you get a link uh, that's like a you know specific to you, and if you use that link, or if you send that link to someone and they become a customer within sixty days, for the rest of the time that they're a customer, you get twenty five percent of what we charge them. Awesome. Basically, you get 25% of everything we process on their credit cards. Wow. So, okay. And you don't get to do any support. You don't have to do any of that stuff, right? Well, huh. I, in theory, you kind of put your face on it so people could, you know, ask you questions and stuff like that. But sure. Well, you don't have a lot of work to do besides bringing people in, um, mm -hmm. which is, uh, and that's kind of like the stuff that we want help with, right? Because we already run this thing, <laughs> but yes. we need we need more people uh, top of the funnel. So it feels like a win-win, definitely. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And it's something I wanted to experiment with, but I just know that it's also a lot of work to try to recruit people and mm -hmm. they need to be excited. Um, but you know, yeah. this guy yeah. already was, <laughs> and he was Perfect. also already an affiliate for other people. So it's like, there you yeah. go. Yeah, you're you're it not it wasn't hard to convince me. <laughs> yeah, you're not an experiment for for them either. They know what they're doing when it comes to Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Huge. So uh I don't know what the other channels are gonna be. Um probably some content marketing, stuff like that. Um yeah. And then I guess finally on the on the product side of things, I've been coding a lot actually the past few days, which has been fun. So I'm working on integrations. And um I kind of started over from what we already had um, and took the best of my ideas from a month ago mm. and, and made them better. So um, I feel like I have a lot of experience with this from Branch and learned some good lessons that we, we can benefit from now with Reform. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I've kind of been thinking like what makes a good uh, integration kind of platform for, for SaaS. I know you have, you have a lot of experience with this as well, but kind of like the way I'm thinking about it is the, you know, the, the way data comes in and out of reform has to be stand, like has to be pretty standard. So it's easy and quick for us to build new integrations, mm -hmm. but sort of all the stuff in between, like how that data is processed and used by the integration and what data that can be. And, and the structure of that data needs to be like infinitely flexible because hmm. That's I feel like that's how you build a good integration. It's like when you when you work with a you know with branch, let's say with when we were doing an integration with WP Engine, you know, the I feel like the magic kind of happens when you're in a meeting with someone and that at, at that partner and someone is like, Hey, what if we had a, a button over here that set this and then you clicked it and then this happened and you're like, uh, the way we do integrations, we only have a button here because that's how all the other integrations work. Like that's mm. That's kind of a losing proposition, I think. Like, if you can just have a, a blank slate for each integration that you can mm -hmm. kind of, so you build a mini app basically inside of your app for each integration. Mm -hmm. You, you can, yeah. I I just think that's awesome if you can achieve something like that, and and that's sure. what what we're close to having now. Um, and I'm pretty pretty excited about um, having some of these. You know, there's kind of two kind. There's two kinds of integrations that I'm looking at right now. The big ones that are like Google Sheets and Airtable and stuff like that. And we're not going to have, you know, I'm not going to do like a, a BD meeting with Google about our Google Sheets integration. You know, it's Neat, right. <laughs> we're just going to do it, right? <laughs> but then we have other types of integrations, which is like a SaaS company, kind of like in our, you know, ecosystem or network, and it's beneficial for them to have an integration with us and and the other way around so we can do like uh, marketing deals and stuff like that 
So those are more like business development kind of thing where you're like, okay, let's do an integration. If you commit to some co-promotion stuff like that, um, the whole, I guess, playbook that we tried doing with Brainge, um, we get some inbound interest now, at least from people who want integrations with us. Um, so there's, there's some good places to start there at least. Yeah. And then the, there's one thing that we're going to do that I kind of want to share as, as a, I guess a tip for other people if they're looking to do integrations, we're going to, because right now the list of integrations look really empty in Reform because we only have two, which is email notifications and webhooks because we built that, that as integrations as well. Mm. Um, so actually my plan is to just add like the 10th integrations that we know already that we're going to have and then add a little um, kind of like a waitlist, join waitlist button to each of them. Oh, that nice. way we get uh we kind of get a vote as well for which how to how to prioritize those yeah and um and we have some people ready to test them um and then we're also going to have a at your suggestion and have a reform of course um join the waitlist might actually also redirect to a reform because then they can add some context about how they're planning to use it mm. that's really cool that. i like that idea i like that idea yeah. Hmm. And then, yeah, so that's integrations. And then Bjorn is working on something else that's really cool, which is basically um, when you have a multi-page form right now, we don't submit the form until you've filled out the whole thing. So okay. we do validation between each step, but we don't, we don't store uh, the data. But we're going to basically do that. So... Um, for example, let's say you have a form, it's quite long, but you want to make sure that no matter what, you get their email address. Um, but you know there's you know that there's a, a cost, a, a marginal cost to ask, adding a question. Like if you add a long, complicated question to the end of the form, people might drop off and then you don't get anything. Yeah. So the idea is like on page one, you could just ask for their email. It's really easy. Might even auto-populate from their password manager and stuff like that. And and then that's stored as like an um, in-progress submission that you can see in Reform. Hmm. And then, you know, you have ways to like follow up with those people and, and ask them to complete it once we support that. Um, but also just, yeah, huh. at least you get some data, right? Does nobody, um, does nobody else do this yet? Where did this idea come from? I'm not sure if some other companies do it. I mostly look at Typeform because they're the biggest competitor and they don't do it. Huh. Um, I wonder why. Weird. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have an excuse, I guess. <laughs> That's mm. GDPR or something like that. Right. Um, okay. But huh. I don't think there's a problem to it as long as you make it clear that each page is like a form, basically. Yeah. yeah. So you shouldn't try to, you know, say... Like, you shouldn't try to make it look like they haven't shared their email. Like, you know, you shouldn't submit the form before they click the submit button, really, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. um, but when, I feel like once they click the button, it's not weird that we store the data that they already provided. No, and, uh, and the language on that button can even make it clear. It's like save progress yeah. or save and continue. It's like if you click yeah. save on a website, you know the data is getting submitted. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and even in e-commerce, huh. like they just, you know, they scan or they, you know, they they phone home with the email field so they can do like card abandonment and stuff like that. That yeah, makes sense. That's really cool. Um, like yeah, it. and then the cool thing is when you combine this with another thing that we're going to add, which is basically auto submit. So imagine you have a form with one field and you pre-populate that field in the URL. So when someone, let's say, click an e a link in an email with a pr a link to a pre-populated form. If there's nothing for them to fill out, it should just submit, right? Mm. So the 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 idea here is, um, well, huh. people are going to use this in in uh, in emails and stuff like that, right? So yeah. you could um, you could you could have the first page is their email, but you pre-populated the email from the email you sent them. And then they don't have, even have, they, they just have to click the link in the email and you already have a submission, sort of. Um, yeah, so I feel like this takes us to like the next level of like no code wise. Because yeah. huh. you can build these more like interactive forms where you, 
it's like even if you make a really long form like some people are just going to go through the whole thing and that they those are probably like the most important leads right but you can still you know you still get the others that maybe don't have time or want to come back later or something like that i like it so, it's 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 innovation man and it's funny because it's a tired category in the sense of for, forms you don't no, normally think of innovation but you know you and bjorn you spend enough time thinking about it and there's these little magical features start to pop you know crop up which is really exciting you know that's <laughs> that's where people go yeah. from talking about it as like oh yeah they're clean and they're on brand but they they do this thing that you know nothing else does like that's that's great yeah people um people hack reform in different ways which is also like a clue <laughs> for what we need to add next mm. oh, what you yeah, just said right. is like it reminded me of a I listened to a podcast with Nathan Barry where he said, well, he just talked about like how ConvertKit was like the simple solution, which, but still powerful, but simple on the, on the surface. Mm. But then they added innovations. Like you can change the, a link in an email after you've sent the email and it's like mind blowing to people. And it's Whoa, like, yes, that in itself <laughs> is like a reason to move. Right. Yeah. And it's also a better tool. Yeah. That's great. Um, yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, shout out to Derek Reimer who comes to mind as well. Like Savvy Cal keeps adding innovative features that you don't expect in a scheduling tool. But yeah, a- after you hear about them, it's like, of course, it, obviously, yeah. this should exist. Or it's like what I just asked you. But like, wait, does nobody else do this already? Like that seems so obviously good. Um, so um, someone. Someone did with uh, the page logic we have, they did a password protected page. <laughs> so basically on the first page, you need to submit like a secret word to get to the next page. <laughs> because, how, how, do they, how do they match the word? Because we have a, we have the, lo- like you can do logic, like skip this page unless this answer is that or so. So oh. they just hard coded a password, basically. Oh, I didn't know you. Okay, I I didn't know you had. Uh, right, you can actually do evaluate like tests. You can test yeah. values. Programming no. kind of. That's <laughs> awesome. Hey man, you give people any kind. Give people a knife, and you know the number of things they'll figure out what they can do with uh, it is kind of mind blowing. You know, give them one tool. Yeah. Well, awesome. I think my cousin used to say, if you have what was it ketchup a spoon and duct tape and it might have been one more thing <laughs> he said you can solve literally any problem in the world <laughs> food doesn't taste good solved you know <laughs> this isn't staying in place solved <laughs> yeah. yeah that's good yeah so uh that's that's what i could think of for my update I, it's awesome to do it at 4 p.m instead of 8 p.m because i'm not half asleep <laughs> Yeah, that's great. What's uh, I'm happy for what's you. What's new with you? Um, yeah, I, I think we had a, a good kind of cool down recovery week last week after the big push and getting things, just getting a m- bunch of major features up and running. Um, and we were able to take that time and kind of split off into smaller teams in a way. So Ryan and I spent a lot of time thinking about kind of business development and marketing, messaging, positioning, all of that, um, which is a headspace that it's hard to be in when you're just like cranking out documentation or welcome emails or, you know, uh, here's your invitation to come and claim your, you know, user on Summit. So less tactical, more strategic, which was nice. Um, And uh, in parallel, Giles spent or has been spending time thinking about just the overall client app which is kind of the ide at this point you know it's it's where a lot of the logic is other than the simulation which runs and does the computation all the front end as far as the you know controls boxes graphing grid all of that um kind of taking stock of it and you know i asked he asked you know, hey, is this a good time to to do this? It's like, yeah, I think so. Like, let's take stock of it. Let's see where there are opportunities for improvement and 
should we spend some time refactoring anything before we go kind of headlong into the next phase? I saw, and, I saw a message about and, and then you saw, Yeah, you saw a tweet about this. So it ended up being funny because we were both sold on the idea that you know, like, at, let's actually invest some time in paying down some technical debt because I'm sure we've accumulated some. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to be prescriptive about exactly what that is. It was kind of like just you know, you're a senior engineer, use your own experience and wisdom to decide what to do here. And he came back. So it's been a, it had been a week yesterday, and I asked him. I was like, yeah. So how's how's that been going? Like, what have you been working on? And he, I mean, his decision was to instead spend time so he did look under the hood a little bit and his conclusion was you know there's really not anything in dire need right now in terms of a refactor um sure there are certain things that could be slightly better but they're working and so rather than just refactor for refactoring's sake because that's what we said we were going to to do that was going to be the deliverable I instead spent a bunch of time um, talking to people who are doing real-time collaboration features in in some elegant ways. I've been thinking about um, WebAssembly because we're thinking about using WebAssembly to move the computation that's in Python into the browser. So it'd still be Python, but compiled into WebAssembly, which is a huge, would be dramatic, you know, shift. So, so yeah, just thinking about those things, getting a better handle on them from a feasibility standpoint, and then just documenting my thoughts and that's how i chose to use the time i was like what a veteran move <laughs> what a real veteran move <laughs> as opposed to the uh you know and so i i, I said to the response like you have chosen wisely <laughs> because it was almost like this you told bait. him he didn't take the bait he didn't take the bait i was like hey i gave gave you you know 10 business days with no judgment to do refactoring and you came back and said that you decided not to change any code but just to try to think through the next next uh, steps and everything and say that's pretty impressive now if there had been something to discovered and it was worthy of, of redoing because it was like painful uh then he, that, that would have been great but it, it was doubly nice to hear that both we didn't need to do anything right away we were going to let users drive the refactoring that we need to do to improve the improve things uh, but then also he had basically spent the time just doing some um, scoping on these larger stones uh, that are in our medium term horizon. So that was cool. It was, yeah, very cool, very satisfying, you know, and I was saying earlier this week, it's really awesome to work with people like Ryan and Giles because we have one meeting a week for an hour, basically. And you don't feel like anyone's wasting any time, you know, as, as the person responsible for making sure that all <laughs> the money that's being spent on salaries and contracting, et cetera, is being used well. It's awesome to have teammates that are really autonomous, really responsible, and just smart with how they use their time, you know? And so I, I we have one meeting a week for an hour and all you have to do is just say, Hey, do we agree on what we want to work on next? Here's the list, which we can talk about in a second. And then, you know, you're not disappointed in terms of hmm. what's been done, you know, while you were quote unquote away, you know? Um, yeah. We slack, but yeah, that's, that's about awesome. all it takes. <laughs> and then so. every factor, like setting aside like a week or something like that to do a refactoring is also like, it's such a trap. Mm -hmm. Like you might just end up with like a worse abstraction that's like oh yeah you know that works now <laughs> and only yeah. now because it's cleaner and drier but it's not flexible it's no longer flexible yeah i think that was his so easy to fall into that trap i think i think his hunch was hey we just pushed out a lot of features there's probably something in here that needs my attention i just don't know what yet i think that was like the yeah. working working hypothesis and then um yeah, he basically looked and proved proved that hunch wrong, and that's great. That's fine. We we actually have invested time along the way, especially early. I I was trying to put this into a tweet recently, and I couldn't figure out how to say it. But if you look at all that we've delivered since February, really, the we spent a lot of time exploring before we shipped. 
like designing. We spent a lot of time in yeah. design and exploration phase. So I think what we've ended up building, like the version we shipped in June, wasn't a throwaway version. It was it was a really good step, you know, really good yeah. version. And then the version we released in July, I remember there was days in there where it was like, hey, we're it's actually better just to, let's ship this feature two days later than our target, but so that we can do. So I think we've kind of paid the price along the way. And that's, yeah. that's how we got to that point. I know I've been involved in other software projects where you literally sprint to the finish and you you do end up with a bunch of technical debt. Yeah. I think you can tell that Giles is very senior. Like the, the product has always felt very solid, I think, and very stable. There's been little edge yeah. cases and box here and there, but... Yeah, a lot. A lot of the what what delights me <laughs> uh, is the lack of st- like very few state related bugs for the amount of state that's in the app. You know, it's an IDE. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. You know, usually it's you know some kind of local storage in the browser, stuff like that. Sign in, sign just really random stuff, edge case stuff. Where it's like, oh yeah, if you do this and then do that, you can end up with something on this screen kind of thing. But uh, there's a lot of coordination that has to happen between the different components, and it all it all works pretty well. So that's awesome. Um, so on the product side, we're essentially winding up right now to work on. Um, we're doing little things. I've kind of split it into two camps: little little changes to remove friction and improve the user experience in the app. So things that can be done in less than half a day, you know, on the one hand. And then on the other hand, kind of avoiding the middle where it's like three, four, five day features, avoiding that for now and saying, let's fill our time with these kinds of things. Because we want to we want to think about moving the computation into the browser, which is a giant step forward. It's fundamental. And we also want to think about collaboration, multi-user simultaneous editing of a board, which is also a really big feature. And I don't want a lot of little you know, a lot of medium-sized features, which could be for us like integrations or, you know, cop even things like I want to copy paste all these things. Like there's a lot of kind of meaty things in the middle that I want to avoid for now and say, let's get this foundational stuff figured out. Because frankly, if you don't figure out those foundational things, how you implement copy paste, how you implement integrations. Yeah. Get to the next stage. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We want to get to the next stage. So the next summit. The next, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, so I'm really excited about that. We are a lot of the, and I saw this tweet by um, Suhail, uh, the who's currently running, um, was CEO of not uh, Mighty. Mighty, Mighty, yeah. He had this awesome, uh, soon to be savvy, maybe. Oh, okay, he had this. He had this awesome I'm tweet. Joking. Yes. Oh, oh, jeez. Okay, that was. <laughs> All right, inside baseball there. Mighty Cal, Savvy Cal, Mighty Savvy, yes. Um, we, uh, yeah, he had this awesome uh, tweet that essentially said, "You, it's un- easy to underestimate how much uh, users will appreciate and how much opportunity there is in improving the core feature of your product. And he says the core feature, not like a feature. So making the core feature of your product faster, stable, and simpler will often matter more to users than net new features they might use. I'm always surprised by how far you can go and how much it still matters. And yeah. it's like, I love that as a principle. Really good. I think, yeah, it is really good. I think the hard thing is a lot of us, and I know this is the way with the last version of Summit, it was hard for me to figure out what the core feature was. Yeah. So you sort of end up with five core features, plural. Mm. And so then you're, and, and so you're moving along these multiple kind of threads at the same time. You're not really sure. And there's trade-offs between them. I think with Summit, the core feature is really right now, it's the build, run, evaluate loop that the user's in mm. as they use the product. It's I'm, I build something, I want to rerun the computation and then I want to see the results. That's the core feature. And so things like moving the computation into the browser and making that loop really fast or much tighter 
is where I think we should focus. And I think users, yeah, users will wait for the integration of the, their pet integration if that becomes ten times better, mm-hmm. right? Um, at least, yeah. A bit. And to, uh, I guess, to take a step back, like kind of what you're saying is, build the product that's worth optimizing before mm-hmm. you start mm-hmm. spending all your time optimizing. Like, get there. Yeah. Yeah, it's um and and it semantics because that hey make the loop tighter is an optimization. So maybe I would say like if you're before you even know what that core feature is, I think what you just said is true. Like figure out yeah. that core feature. For us yeah. it is that loop. Yeah, and so making that loop, I think that loop right now is borderline unstable sometimes because people are using the product a lot more than we you know, than we envisioned in some ways, which is not a bad thing, yeah. but it's kind of like <laughs> people are now just sort of hammering it. <laughs> and But I'm sure like great. you don't, I'm sure you don't move it to the browser to win like a few microseconds. Like, no, no, it's no, probably, it's going to open up a lot of other oh, yeah. things. Oh, like yeah. it's going to open yeah. up the product. So, oh yeah, it's not just optimizing stuff. Yeah. It's, it's funny I, when you, when you think about optimizations, it's easy to think, oh, 10% better. Yeah. 20% better. We're talking about, you know, maybe it's the incremental exponential. Stuff. Right. Yeah. Exactly. When it's, when it's 30, yeah, I'm to thinking about this better. every day, actually, because, you know, I just described like, we're still adding features, but I'm also like, I also said that we have a core that's somehow working, but I like the way I justify it. It actually, it's actually the same rationale, I guess. Like, I don't think we've, I don't think we've become the reform we want to be yet. Right. So like when I'm, and I think maybe a good test is like when we think about how people are going to describe to someone else what reform is. Mm. Like, could could they be saying, like, I just mentioned the incremental, like saving between pages, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, could the way that they describe reform potentially be, um, it's kind of like type form, you have pages, but you can have multiple questions per page. And then every time you click to the next page, the answers are saved so you don't lose any data. Like yeah. that could be a way that someone would describe the product. So it's not just, you know, it's not just like it's a, it's a form builder and it it and then it has like 10 different integrations and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually, it's a core part of how it's working differently yeah. and it's differentiation. And- yeah, I think the current version of Summit, someone could describe as, Oh, it's like a visual spreadsheet or, you know, it's whiteboard that does math and they could kind of communicate that it's different and it's new and they like it and they love it. But I also want them to say like, oh, and it's incredibly fast. It's like super fast. And I love, I love. Yeah. So it's a good test maybe. Yeah, it is. Would they mention that like when they describe it, what it is to someone, would they mention what you're working on? Exactly. Is it key of like describing your vision for the product? That's right. That's right. Like when people describe superhuman. They're not going to leave out the part that it's fast. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's that's key. And I think when it's the people describe their favorite IDE in any environment, it should be, it has to be, it has to feel very fast. So whether yeah. that's, you know, whatever VS Code or Sublime or I love Emacs, this IDE. It it's really slow, but then it's it has some other cool. Features. It's really cool. No I mean, it's it. yeah. I love how different it is. I love the way it shows you my code, etc. But it's a little. It's a little grind. It's a little. They're yeah, actually also going to mention it cranky. if it's slow. Like if it's not fast, they're going to mention it as well. Yeah, they can't. Because that's that... like a way that people describe IDEs. Like they always <laughs> mention if it's fast or slow. They will definitely mention it's fast, and if they can't give an unabashed recommendation, they will mention like it's a little slow, but I still like it. You know. Yeah. Um, and I mean, one thing I noticed is that right now with the way it's built, there's a little bit of a progressive tax on people building bigger and mo- more complicated models. So I'm not talking about like 10, 12 events, but we have some people building models that have 60, 70, 80 events in them, which is incredible. And I saw, so I went to actually hung out with one of our customers in person here in Austin on Friday. Um, he's a founder and I've known him for a while, but it was, <laughs> he brought a summit on his big monitor, which was a joy to see. But then every time he made a change, I got to experience in person live how long it took to like repopulate everything. And he just had, I mean, first of all, he's very patient to, I think his willingness to tolerate that is, is actually a really encouraging sign because he's basically saying, look, I, I, this is, 
this is the only way I'm going to get to what I want. So I'm willing to wait yeah. 30, 40 seconds each time to get the results. Yeah. But I, I mean, I used the internet when it was really slow. I still used it. That's, <laughs> so like, not, so that's a good example. That. It's it's like, it was like, but it was so phenomenally I, better. Yeah. I remember like downloading as, like Lord of the Rings, like shareware version mm-hmm. and like setting it to download and like go spend the whole day in school or something like that and just hope that nothing had like stopped. Oh, totally. I, I, home. I love telling my kids I like, uh, I like I had the first PlayStation and I remember telling uh, I, I have told my kids that like in 1994 or 95, like when PlayStation was getting all hyped, like connect my modem and start downloading some like teaser video of some game that was coming out. It would literally take all night. And you're like, please, I hope nobody calls. <laughs> yeah. But you still did it because it was like you can yeah, get a video of it. a video game yeah. like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So actually, that's that's a great point. Like it's at least it's a good sign, but I think there's no diminishing returns on speed. And when you can find a theme that has no diminishing returns, at least not for the feel future, what with Uber, they talk about diminishing returns. Like if the car comes within three or four minutes or something in an urban area, that's good enough. Like two minutes isn't way better, but like six minutes or seven minutes is like somebody will cancel or look at Lyft or something. So I'm trying to get the speed part of Summit to that diminishing returns place where it's like so fast that they're like, I guess it could be faster, but it's fine. Um, and so, so that's the, what that's what Suhail is doing for browsers. Actually. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Which is that's the incredible. core. Yeah, case, I guess it is, uh, which is amazing. And I'm, I'm glad we can sink our teeth into something like this and say, let's just focus on speed because the more fluid it is and the faster it is you know the rest of it is getting high marks from people in terms of you know yeah power users are finding little edge cases but for the most part people aren't complaining about it the way they complained about the last version so now i feel like it's a just make it really freaky fast um yeah so that that's what we're doing i guess other things we're now sending out invites daily so when we get new signups reform <laughs> we uh we batch those and send out invites daily so we're not doing these big kind of pent-up waves anymore so that's a cool feeling people don't have to wait days and s- send me dms and say hey where's my invite um i'm thinking about doing been thinking a lot about training and so i did offer up to like our first I think five or seven customers like a one-on-one uh kind of summit class that they could have with me where they bring me like office hours actually that's the best way to describe it and i had several people take me up on that and i learned a ton about where they were getting stuck and i was able to unstick them but then the idea came to us of you know we have a lot of training materials that give you a superficial understanding of the app and the product i don't think it makes sense to try to regurgitate that in like a live class but what might make sense is just to treat it more like a fundamentals course where people who really want to understand what's happening when I use this product, like what am I really doing here, can kind of come in and get that deep kind of underpinning, that deep knowledge of, oh, I get it. I, I really understand what's happening. And, I, and then I understand why, like when I build things a certain way, the results are not what you would expect if you didn't have that deeper understanding. So I think I'm going to call it like a master class or maybe fundamentals. I don't want to scare people and make it sound like an expert course, but like a summit fundamentals course and kind of 15 minutes maybe where I show a couple examples to, to kind of show that deep level, that deeper level of, of what's going on here. And then maybe just like 15 minutes of questions and answers from the audience or new signups. And we're going to send it out to everybody that signs up for the app free and paid and just have like a weekly 30 minute course, um, on zoom, like a webinar. Yeah. Kind of like a webinar. Exactly. So just training and then say, if you become, and then on that, I think say, Hey, if you become a customer, you know, you get an office hours sort of ticket and you can use that whenever you want. Um, but that way people don't get stuck people don't get stuck just going like i'm setting up these things and they're not doing anything like what i would expect that's and really i don't, good I don't idea. understand yeah so that's the idea um i know you voiced that that kind of thing might be helpful yeah and it's just 
I mean, you just want, you want customers, of course, but you also just want more people that know how to use Summit. That's right. Creating great stuff. Yeah. And you're still at a place where you could, like, you, it's like double digit percentages of new people that know how to use Summit. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And once, and once people know how to really get value out of it, like they become a master builder, to use the Lego metaphor, they don't want to go back to the spreadsheet version. Most of them yeah. are like, I don't even know how I would do this in a spreadsheet and I don't want to figure out how to do it in a spreadsheet. So that feels like it's a, they've acquired a skill they don't want to lose, which is a really encouraging sign. So it makes me feel like the retention on that skill is going to be high, you know, which is kind of a different yeah. thing than retention on a customer. Like they they want to retain that skill and maybe later in their life, you know, they, they want to, they want to keep it. Um, an affiliate program could actually be pretty interesting for Summit because you have that whole dynamic of like, if someone is excited when they learn it and they want to teach it to others, they're like extra encouraged. And like, imagine, imagine if you had been like an early affiliate of Excel or something like that. Yeah. Well, Microsoft because it's something has... that eventually like a lot of people can end up use. Right. Using, like so, Microsoft has certified professionals. They have consultants. They have training courses you can take i've been looking resellers all this stuff i've been looking at slip uh, app um our mutual friend uh kenneth and looking at his but it's not basically programming courses you can teach online and charge money for them unfortunately there's no like repl or like interface for summit event language yet but in my dreams, there's a way for people to sort of teach courses. Like, I'm going to teach the first courses. They're going to be free because I'm motivated just to have people learning it. But you could see how somebody would say, like, do you want to learn how to use Summit for commercial real estate? Yeah. Well, like, using Summit for commercial real estate is kind of like saying, hey, do you want to learn Python to do data science? Well, like, oh, so you're that, saying you basically, yeah, you're basically saying slip, but it only has one uh, language in that cell. And then the different courses is not for different languages and, and topics. It's more like for different use cases. I want that out niches. there in the ecosystem, right? But I don't have the yeah. I don't really have the platform to do it yet. So I'm gonna have to bootstrap that in a way and just that would be fun. Start. Like that would be that would be fun for me. Like if I become a Summit power user to like this is how I model my startup on summit or something like a good work in public thing as well yeah i mean there's tons of people but who i could do that without that platform like i would do a blog post yeah you could stream it i mean there so this is actually gets to kind of another point is we're we're talking about go to market and distribution for summit i think sort of mathematical content marketing which is a mouthful but it's what i'm kind of like wherever people would normally spin up a spreadsheet or spin up an excel sheet and show you something because they want to teach you about this banking product, this loan program, this mortgage opportunity, should you buy or sell, all this stuff, you know, creating a rich logic board with pictures and videos and text and links and right. arrows and boxes, that. that's a way more compelling piece of content for that person to put out there than a, a G sheet, right? Which is like... Yeah, and that's why that's why Slip is actually popular with programmers who want to teach programming hmm. because the barrier to get started is really low because it's like, okay, what's the first command you want to teach them? Hmm. Type it in here, mm -hmm. and that's a description. And then the next, right? So it's just actually your templates is the easiest way for someone to share their knowledge yeah, about it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the fact and that if I share a template... And there's an affiliate link. I'm extra encouraged to share that link. That's right. So imagine anybody who sells something where, you know, there's some amount of brain power calculation involved. You know, I mean, you think about building, think of all the ROI calculators and calculator, little mini calculator apps that are out there on the internet that are, you know, some bank or mortgage person put it out there just to get you to run the numbers on a new you know, loan for your car, your boat or whatever, like yeah. a summit yeah. board yeah. would be, you know, a good fit. So definitely think about that. I think the last thing to touch on was um, we have outgrown the checklist product management phase. <laughs> so congratulations. They, yeah, thank you. We were, we were ro rocking the wiki uh, checklist thing and I would just resort the checklist and call the things out and put them into a backlog checklist thing. I've officially loaded up linear 
with everything and it feels good Same. man i <laughs> yeah i actually have to harken back to a product i used to love called track trac which is way back in the day it was a look it's right it was it was reminding me Word a lot still uses it <laughs> really okay yeah i i know django project used it for a long time as well i think but it paired it paired really well with svn if the people even remember subversion but wordpress also uses that wow okay yeah well wordpress is from back in the day that i'm from um but linear reminds me of that in a similar fashion that it's very clean it's very like it's just if it, it, it hooks into github yeah it hooks into github and it feels like a list but it works like a issue tracking tool and yeah, it's awesome I, I think it's a really solid and also, I was really excited that you could still put things into cycles. So instead of calling them sprints, they call them cycles. So I have, yeah. a, I have a cycle going right now, which is basically August 15th through August 30th. And you can add a cool down to your cycle. We I added a cool, one week cool down to our cycle. So it's just like, okay, this they is automatically, cool. automatically add carry, new cycles. Yeah, they See, add new I cycles and they carry over the issues from the old one to the new one automatically. Yeah, so so good. all the tedium of track that we used to have where it was like, okay, now create a new batch of work you know a new sort of sprint milestone that's all automated and now i can just do what i want to do which is review new things kind of condense them and you know hey this is the duplicate or hey this is the backlog or hey we're going to do this one and it feels good man it it feels good and i'm learning little shortcuts and whatever so i'm i'm pretty happy with it's a big it's the upgrade i wanted and um it makes me makes me glad that I was able to just get it in there. So, um, yeah, man, progress. So, uh, yeah, a lot going on in terms of looking ahead. And uh, I feel similar to you in terms of how to make things better is pretty straightforward. It's like make it better. And we have over 10 customers now. So it's a good feeling to Congrats. see like those little those customers <laughs> coming in and just double digits and going, Hey, if we make it faster and um, if we make it faster and remove the friction, we're just going to keep getting more customers. I think that's like, I feel pretty good about that. So at least yeah. it's a good bet, right? Like you don't know for sure that it's going to happen, but it's more likely to happen. So it's an, it's a good bet. <laughs> yeah. It does feel like a good bet compared to, that flailing phase of what's the feature that's going to unlock like that's going to make people want to use this more you know yeah <laughs> you know? yeah and i i thought that for for reform and it might even apply to you as well but i've actually been reminding myself to maybe think less about features that unlock the next mm-hmm. growth plateau or get us to the next plateau but more about use cases yep because it's so, it's a generic tool, but there are some very obvious use cases being used right now. So if you can open up, like, what if this was, what if this worked well for e-commerce? Or and it's not necessarily features. It's also like documentation and yep. content and marketing and yeah, templates and stuff like that. It's kind of core capabilities instead of new screen widgets or real estate. Yeah. you know, with with the new. With all the stuff you have in Summit right now, you could go after real estate stuff or e-commerce stuff or yeah. whatever stuff, <laughs> CFOs or so. You I mean there's a there's a lot of power. And that's not necessarily features; it's just use cases. Yeah, yeah. So we are thinking a lot about use cases. Actually, just last night we were talking through those, and um, you know, how do people want to use it as a part of their flow and actually the average user now is coming back almost three times a week that's the average obviously that's skewed because of the power users but you know two to three times a week it's pretty the, good the usage is people are extending and evolving these boards yeah you know over time so what are, how can we help them keep it from getting stale and keep it fresh you know and keep it relevant like that's that's more the use casey stuff as opposed to yeah features. Um, so yeah, man, I'm right there, right there with you. Um, shall we call Great. it an episode? That's an hour. All right, we did it. <laughs> that's well, our uh, talk to you not next week, but uh, the week after. We're getting, we're going regular again. Hopefully, yeah, I think so. I like this new time. So all right, man. Yeah, take care. Sweet. See you. Talk to you later. 
，拜。Bye